Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Favorite moments of the week. And uh, it's actually battling to take the label that I've put on Tuesday off of it. Yeah. It's my least favorite day of the week except for the part where we get to talk to Peter King. That might be enough to actually move it up the board. So Wednesday, you're in some trouble. Why is that? Or maybe Monday. I mean, because what's the next oh, yeah. worst day of the week? Yeah, probably. Tuesday's probably, on the rise. Probably Wednesday. Look, mm-hmm. any day where there's a football game is off the table. Good point. Those, those four days are all Especially set. when the Eagles lose. <laughs> Let's do it, though. On the line is Odyssey NFL insider Peter King. Uh, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Uh, we're doing great. You have a bunch of stuff in your article that really kind of jumped out at me. Um, this one-liner was really fun, though, and I'd like to ask you about it. You write, Cam Newton, one question, was Tom Brady a game manager? And, and obviously that's referencing Cam's comments that took to task Brock Purdy and Tua and Dak, Pre- uh, Dak Prescott calling all of them game managers. Peter, how long are we all going to do this? Well, I mean, you guys are the ones who started the, the the sort of the common sense approach to it when you referred to the criticism, continuing criticism of Brock Purdy as draftism, which, you know, I just keep feeling that no one is going to give this guy the respect he deserves uh, because he was the 262nd pick in the draft. And look, that happened to Tom Brady. People just don't remember it now. Because everybody now looks at Brady won seven Super Bowls. We don't care how much, uh, you know, we don't care how much, uh, you, you know, how, how much success he has. We don't care about that. We only know that he was drafted 262nd. So look, I, you know, I think there are going to be some people who are going to just really not like Brock Purdy or going to not kind of respect Brock Purdy. And, you know, life's just got to move on. I think he handles all of it great. It just is water off a duck's back with him, and it should be. Uh, you, you know, the people who still have him ranked low in these quarterback rankings and everything, you just you just have to just say, so what? And that's kind of how I look at it right now, too. And when you look at, you know, what he has around him and even look at a couple of his touchdown passes from this last weekend where McCaffrey was so open, he was able to actually literally fall down and get up and score. Do those plays, the scheme from Kyle Shanahan, the talent around him, is that still a way that people are dogging him? 
seems like it to me. You know, it's all about the fact that he's got a fantastic uh, supporting cast. And so everybody says, okay, he's got this fantastic supporting cast, so that is going to impact what we think of him. And, you know, going back to Cam Newton for a second, the thing that really kind of upsets me, upsets me is the wrong word, the thing that I'm befuddled by when people criticize quarterbacks who are playing well, it reminds me of people who would criticize John Stockton because, oh, you had, you had Carl Malone to, to, to pass to. And you had, and I'm not a big NBA fan, but I'm sure he had other guys on that team who were good shooters who, you know, and all that. But so an assist guy in football in a lot of ways is what a quarterback in basketball is in a lot of ways what a quarterback is in football. Tom Brady always viewed his job as putting the ball in the hands of his playmakers. I bet he said it 64 times a year. You know, my job is to put the ball in the hands of the guys who, you know, can run with it and score touchdowns, and that's what I'm going to do. And so if that's a quarterback's job, and he does it, and in let's just say, say Brock Purdy's case, for instance, he does it better than anybody in football this year. What exactly is there to criticize? I, I I just don't understand that, and that's why I just don't really think about it all that much anymore. Peter King with us, as he is every week on Willard and Dibbs, 95.7 The Game. Peter, uh, something's wrong with the Eagles. What do you yeah. see, and, and how much did the 49ers have to do with it? That's a great question right there, because I think the 49ers were the t- first team that, you know, really expose something, particularly in their defense. And look, I'm going to give you one thought about the Eagles that, in my opinion, uh, is definitely an issue with them. And and look, I, like if I if I were to look at the Eagles overall right now, one thing I would say about them, without any question, is that. Teams have been able to go for long drives on the Eagles. And look, last night, mostly, they played well against Drew Locke and, the, you know, the backup quarterback uh, of this team, uh, you know, of the, uh, of the Seattle Seahawks. But the one thing that I think you've noticed about this, this team in the last few weeks, if you look at just the yardage totals, you go you go back even to Washington in midseason. I was looking at this yesterday or last night after the game. I mean, just 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 listen to this. The yardage they've given up in in the last six games: four seventy two, four oh six, three thirty six, five oh five against Buffalo. Mm. And look, they outscored them to win that game, but four fifty six, three ninety four, and last night two ninety seven. But 92 of those in like a 90-second span late in the game. And the one other thing I would say that would really worry me about the Philadelphia Eagles, they've allowed 100-yard rushing games in each of the last five games. And that is after early this season, in the first 10 games of the year, I'm sorry, first nine games of the year, they only allowed one 
100-yard rushing game. And what that tells me is a number of things. Either let's say that like Jalen Carter um, and, and, and the interior rush guys are either wearing down or they're scheming them better than they have all year. But that thing about, you know, how much they've allowed, uh, you know, how many yards rushing they've allowed is extremely concerning, I would think, to them. Yeah, and it might be extremely concerning to the 49ers coming off of their game against Arizona where they got gashed on the ground, and in comes Baltimore, the number 1 rush team in football. How do you see this matchup, even though the Ravens are without their top running back, but the Niners could be without their top two interior defensive linemen, Peter? The worrisome thing I would think about this is that if you're – so look, you're the Niners approaching that game against the Cardinals. And honestly, you, you, you just say, okay, we got to watch out for Murray. You know, Kyler Murray, he can run all over the place. But then, you know, to give up 234 yards rushing. And obviously some of that is Murray, but, it, you know, that's just, that's kind of ridiculous. Now, let's look at Baltimore for a second, because I, in my opinion, Okay, look, I'm a I'm a big Harbaugh guy. Uh, I think he's terrific, and I think their team uh, is so good in so many aspects. But they've had some huge injuries, um, you know, to important runners on that team. Mitchell now Dobbins early in the year with the uh, with the Achilles, so they got two probably their first and third running backs both out for the year. But the good thing for the Ravens is that, and they've always been this way, they have a stable of running backs. And look, now they, they're they going to call back Melvin Gordon. He's a professional running back. And so I kind of look at their situation, honestly, and I look at their at their situation and just say, I think they're going to be okay honestly, because of how much they take care of their offensive line. And look, 5.0 yards a carry uh, right now, and they're, they're basically averaging whatever, 170 yards a game on the ground, whatever it is. It's some ridiculous number. And that is going to be tough to deal with this week. But I guess the one other thing I would say um, about this game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 
as I this is ironic to say this <clears throat> because you don't want to lose any game, but this is an AFC game, and if you look at the way that the schedule has fallen, um, you know for for the Forty ers the next two games honestly are more important for the Niners because you want to win your NFC games. If they win the last two, Washington and the Rams, you would think they would. They're eleven and one in the conference, and you know that is gonna that'll trump all tiebreakers, obviously. Um, and and I I think when I look at the Forty ers right now, and I know this is gonna sound, you know, overly cautious, but the thing I'm most concerned with in the last three weeks, not at the expense of getting home field, definitely, but I think. When you do see that uh, you're either way ahead or way behind late in any of these games, man, you got to take Debo out. You got to take McCaffrey out. You got to you got to really do everything you can to make sure that whenever your playoff season starts, you go into it relatively healthy. Peter, what's your weekly update on how you view the MVP race? I I'm totally thrown into a funk right now um absolutely thrown into a funk because of what i saw out of lamar jackson and uh i'm still thinking that tyreek hill has a chance to insert himself into this uh you know into this race you know i i don't think i've changed my mind from a couple of weeks ago uh where i would still think of uh I would still think of Brock Purdy number one, but I think it's still really, really open because a lot is going to happen in these last three weeks. And I'm thinking specifically um of Tyreek Hill, quite honestly, because Tyreek Hill has now been basically they have been very, very conservative with him coming back. He's missed the last game and a half, okay? And if he has a couple of big games down the stretch, he ends up breaking the all-time record, and he would do it because he didn't play against the Jets. He would do it if if he plays the last three. He would do it in 16 games, and that's what Calvin Johnson did it in. And so I'm not necessarily a numbers guy on this, but I think a lot of people who vote for this award are going to look kindly on Tyreek Hill, particularly after seeing how much Miami missed him uh, when when he was hurt against Tennessee. I think the last thing I would say, of all the respect in the world for everybody uh, on Christian McCaffrey, you cannot play the running back position better than Christian McCaffrey is playing it in all ways. He is borderline irreplaceable. We see it every single week. And now that he's at 1,800 yards and he's clearly going to end up barring injury way north of 2,000 yards from scrimmage, I don't blame people for saying that he should be in the race. I think this is really going to come down to the wire. That's my feeling. 
That's just a great breakdown. And you, you look at Tyreek Hill, and he needs uh, 425 yards in three games to, to break it, about 140 per game. Is part of your funk going to get solved on Christmas night when it's Lamar versus Brock? I know they don't actually face each other, Peter. I'm yeah. not that new to the game to know that. But it'll be Lamar and Brock on display Christmas night. Will that help alleviate some of your funk? I don't know. Um, it's, it's an odd thing to say because if you look at Lamar Jackson, you don't see, um, it, 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 Collinsworth put this well the other day. <clears throat> this is what's difficult <clears throat> about this award that Lamar Jackson is not going to have numbers anywhere near Brock Purdy, I don't think, and I shouldn't say anywhere near. He's not going to have the numbers of Brock Purdy, okay? But if you watch that game the other night, Lamar Jackson held that game in his hands and totally controlled it, absolutely unequivocally controlled that game himself. And I was just, I'm not saying I was in awe because I've seen Lamar Jackson do this before. But I had gone to the Kansas City-New England game, and I was actually sitting at a hotel in the restaurant. I got positioned near the uh, near the TV, and I was sitting there. While I watched almost the whole first half while I was combination eating, writing, watching. And I just said, Lamar is, is totally controlling this game because he's doing whatever he wants. When he wants to hit somebody, he does. When he wants to run, he does. And plus, the good thing for him is that he's not taking the big hits. So he's going to last, but, but, or apparently. But again, I, I just, I need to see these games. And that is the important thing. And Monday night is going to be an important game. And, and look, it's a weird thing. This is kind of a personal deal, but. I'm going to be in Berkeley with my daughter and her family, and I'm not working this weekend. It's the first time in 40 years that I've taken an in-season weekend off covering the NFL. Because before the year, NBC offered it to me, and I said, I'll take it. Hmm. So, you know, so I'm taking Christmas off. I'm going to be with the family. I honestly don't know how much football I'm going to watch. And if the kids want to play you know, some game or whatever, I think I'm probably just going to play it. But anyway, we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll, see, I'll see enough. I'll see enough. Wow, Grandpa Peter, yeah. man, choosing Monopoly yeah, and, over the game of the year. And Peter, no problem. I'll, 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 I'll text you. I'll text you some play-by-play when big plays happen. Please do that. Yeah. Please do that. Yeah. Hey, you know what's great, though, at this, <laughs> at this time in history? You can always, like, an hour after the game, they've got a 15-minute package of highlights on YouTube, and you can just catch up with all these games. I did that with three games that I missed uh, because I was covering uh, New England and Kansas City. And I went back to the hotel after I ate dinner, and I said, okay, I'm going to watch the – and I watched 45 minutes of highlights. I felt like I knew three of these games. And so 
I'll see enough of it, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, do that, because if you just rely on my text, if the Niners lose by 10, <laughs> I'll still be like, Purdy was great. You should vote you'll for him. Yeah. No, if they lose by 10, you'll be in the tank. <laughs> That's and you'll hate and you'll watch anything. It'll be a waste of time. That's true. I'll be five glasses <laughs> yeah. of red deep if that happens. But anyway, Peter King with us here on uh, Willard and Dibs. Peter, I love what you wrote about, and I know Dibs did too, about Jake Browning. And you referenced Brock yeah. Purdy with regard to the college experience they had and therefore uh, that that affecting sort of the, the, the way that they're now looking in the NFL. Do you think there's any chance that guys like Purdy, Browning, and others may change the way the quarterback evaluation process goes? I can only hope because I'm listening to uh, – I'm on a show every week in Chicago, and I'm listening to the angst there – Every time I say that, don't get rid of Justin Fields. Use the number one pick in the draft either on Marvin Harrison Jr. or to trade for three ones to make your roster better. Either get a star who can play alongside uh, DJ Moore and Cole Komet and Darnell Moody and 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 all that, or or. You know, get a good pass rusher, get in, get a get another tackle, get uh, some DK Metcalf type, a bigger receiver that you really need. But leave Justin Fields alone. You can win with Justin Fields. And and look, so that's part of my thought now. But the other part of my thought that that I feel very very strongly about is that look, I, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago on this show. But I was figuring this out recently. If the 49ers win the Super Bowl this year, six of the 11 Super Bowls of the last 11 Super Bowls will have been won by guys who were the 75th pick in the draft, Russell Wilson, the 199th pick in the draft, Tom Brady, or the 262nd pick in the draft, Brock Purdy. So that says to me, it doesn't say to me, that if you've got the first pick in the draft and you're madly in love with one of the quarterbacks coming out, okay, I, I guess they'll take it. But, but be mature about it. Be thoughtful about it. Be purposeful about it. And understand that you've got a pretty good quarterback right now. And wouldn't it be great to be able to solve two or three major problems with high first-round picks? That's how I'd look at it if I were Ryan Poles of the Chicago Bears right now. And you can always grab a QB off the couch like Flacco. I mean, maybe Phillip Rivers is... I mean, that's crazy. How crazy is it, by the way? Crazy. I was talking to Flacco's agent, who I've known forever, Joe Linta. And and Joe Linta was telling me... So Joe and I would talk, Joe Flacco and I would talk every week, and he said, anybody call? Nope. Nobody called. <laughs> How about all the injuries this year in football? The Steelers don't call. The Jets don't call. All these teams who are down quarterbacks don't call. And they just and now they're like they're they're just laughing at all these teams whose season totally went down the toilet. Flacco could have come in and look, we all know he's not great. Late in the third quarter the other day, he was handing the game to the Bears, had yep. three interceptions. But he's the kind of quarterback who he's been there a hundred times before. He knows that just because you've thrown a bunch of picks, you don't go in the tank. And he ended up playing well enough down the stretch to have him win. So to me, I don't know. I really applaud Flacco and I applaud 
Kevin Stefanski, who I think has done a hell of a job with that offense and that team this year in Cleveland. Uh, Peter, we're very thankful for you. Happy holidays and enjoy your first weekend off in a thousand years. Uh, just <laughs> right, soak all that in with the family. Thank you so much. I'll do that. You're welcome, guys. Talk to you next week. Thanks, okay, Peter. There it is. Peter King, that was Odyssey NFL insider Peter King. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.